Hello and welcome back everybody. This is my second episode of the podcast. Uh, it's been a while, about a month since I last did this. And it's honestly because the lack of news has just been getting to me. I've been writing a bunch and that's more just because I have stuff that kind of just rolling around in my head that I want to get out, but not so much news oriented regarding the Knicks. But here I am and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a bunch of stuff that I saw in the past few weeks since the hiatus for the NBA has taken shape. Uh, first things first, and it pertains to today's climate, is Fred Klein, super fan for the Knicks, season ticket holder since 1959, died at the age of 85 due to coronavirus complications. And really, I just bring this up because I want people to take COVID seriously. Um, I mean, you know, I've lately been staying home a lot. I should be going to work, but I've been staying home because I fear for the uh, safety of my parents. And I've been trying to do my best to practice social distancing and just cleaning my hands, cleaning my face, cleaning everything to try and avoid any messes. And I don't know if Fred Klein had any previous issues with himself. I didn't look that far into it. And realistically, I shouldn't have to, and neither should you. The man died from coronavirus, and many other people could too. It doesn't matter if you're 85 or if you're 25. You know, just really try to stick to it and rest in peace, Fred Klein. Hopefully these, the Knicks can use this as motivation to will themselves to a championship in the coming years. But let's move on. I don't want to keep this morbid. Um, it's going to sound a little morbid anyway because I'm going to be very irate about a lot of stuff. So basically, one of the biggest issues that came to light in the past few weeks was Julius Randle. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Julius Randle has been in the league for about five to six years. He's 25 years old. He was a superstar at Kentucky in his one season. And he came into the league as kind of just like a bully ball kind of guy. He plays very aggressively in the paint, which is honestly where he thrives. Sometimes he get a little too aggressive. It nags the shit out of me sometimes, most of the time. And essentially what happened was there was an article posted by Mark Berman of the New York Post with to paraphrase some discussion about how younger guys and other guys have been bothered by Julius Randle's play style. Essentially, his over-dribbling and lack of passing or inability to make smart passes has been nagging people, and it's been annoying the fans just as much. Don't worry. And one of the people that voiced their concern was R.J. Barrett, the third overall pick by the Knicks this year. And for him to say something as a rookie is honestly bold but respectable as hell because he's the guy that we're supposed to be developing. And he's also very talented. Like the dude's not afraid to play against any guy that he's up against yet. Julius Randall will be out here dribbling the ball for 50 seconds, which is like double two shot clocks and not pass the ball to RJ once without making a move to make space for him. And it's honestly, it's a problem. You know, he's not he's not as good as he's advertised. His statistics this year are good individually, but it's just not good for team basketball. Apparently, his net pot he has a net positive when he's on the court versus off the court. But honestly, if you watched him, you would never think so. He does so many detrimental things, and he could score all the thirty point games he wants. He's really just not. I don't think he's made for this team. I think he's making the team go a step back rather than three steps forward. And I think he needs to just go. It would inevitably have to be in a trade 
because we have him signed for this year, next year, and he's a team option, I believe, on his third season with us. But I, I just don't see a realm of possibility where a team wants to trade for him. There was supposedly a rumor that the Charlotte Hornets and Nick spoke about trading for Randall, and that was while Steve Mills was here. And it was going to be a god-awful trade for a point guard that we could have signed over Julius Randle anyway. And he's, granted, statistically, Terry Rozier isn't that bad. He's the guy who would we would we, we'd be getting from Charlotte. But he's also just kind of toxic and weird. You could talk to any Celtics fan. Like, people liked him, but then they stopped liking him. He caused a whole mess of stuff. I Personally, I wouldn't want him. And I'm happy that that trade didn't go through because Jesus Christ, we've already been making some questionable trades, remarkable, uh, notably the Chris Chris Porzingis trade, which kind of has us in a bind now. But yeah, uh, Julius Randle gotta go. Uh, another guy that we have is Bobby Portis. He's a power forward for the Knicks as well. One of the guys that we signed this summer, and he's potentially going to test free agency. He's got. A one-year deal with us and no option to come back, or maybe he does have one a one a player option, team option. I feel it was team option. We were very uh, smart with how we signed these guys, and he was, I think, valued at fifteen point seven million dollars, which is not too bad actually. His value is actually pretty good. I think he plays in 20, 20 minutes per twenty something minutes per game off the bench. He averages 10.1 points, 5.1 boards, 45% shooting, 35.8 shooting from three, and he takes three attempts per game, and he shoots 76.3 from the free throw line, which that could go up. He could easily get that up. The field goal percentage is low, but the thing is he's not a traditional power forward. He does kind of like to space the floor and move out from the paint and score jumpers, though he does have a very dominate, dominating paint presence. Um, but he can also kind of get in the way of R.J. Barrett. I still wouldn't mind having him. He's a little scary to watch take open three-pointers and even contested ones that he takes a lot of, I feel. But he's worth having around. I like his energy. I think he brings an intensity that the Knicks otherwise wouldn't have unless Marcus Morris was here, but we traded him. And I don't think I'd be okay with Bobby Portis fully leaving. I, I get it, though. He needs to go to a contender to really do something and be successful, which the Knicks just aren't right now. And uh, that's, that's it on Bobby Portis actually, but yeah, but that brings in the new topic of discussion is free agency. And essentially what I want the Knicks to be looking for in free agency is floor spacers. I wrote about this in one of my posts with, uh, I forget what it's titled. I think it's just free agency something. There's guys like Christian Wood, Davis Bertans, who are six foot something or ever something or other, shooting 30 and 40% from three. We just traded Christos Porzingis. He was in like mid-30s, I think, when he was shooting threes for us. But it honestly goes to show just how much we messed up when I say that we need tall shooters to come back. RJ Barrett needs floor spacing. He shoots 50% from zero to three feet from the rim that could literally be bumped 20 percent if he just has guys spacing the floor for him guys that he could penetrate the paint pass out to if need be which essentially just causes defenders to shift from the paint out to the the line um three-point line the perimeter there we go can get my thoughts straight and it just opens up more opportunity for rj to thrive 
literally like he requires ball movement spacing and just he has the intensity to get into the paint and do what he needs to but when three guys collapse on top of him it's impossible julius randall constantly brings his defender in towards rj barrett another reason why i hate him meanwhile i was hyping up him up so much before the season started and really really the the goal here is to just make rj barrett better and floor spacers are what we need Two floor spacers, one of which isn't a free agent. He would have to be a trade asset, but we'll get there. Malik Beasley, I know I've written about him. I do not believe that I've podcasted about him. I No, I definitely didn't talk about him in the last one. I actually don't even remember if I fully wrote about him. I might have just mentioned him in passing. But essentially, Malik Beasley, he's a shooting guard. I think he's 25, 23. I don't know. He's on the Timberwolves right now. For the season, he's averaging 11 points, 42.5% shooting, 38.8 from three-point, I believe in like three to four attempts, and 81.8 from the free-throw line. And that's all after the fact he got traded to the Timberwolves. So his previous statistics I'm not too sure of. I'm not, I don't want to get too into that. That's why. It's more so to just show the grand scheme of things. Malik Beasley is actually a very efficient player. 42 and a half. It, that's actually pretty good for a guy at his position. Not great, but we're not expecting him to be great anyway. He's not going to be a top 15 pros, um, NBA player by the end of his career. Maybe he will become one. Who knows? Nonetheless, he has this type of performance, and he's the kind of guy to fill out the backcourt that we could use. It. Whether or not he starts is a different story because it would really depend on if R.J. Barrett gets moved to point guard and has more ball handling duties and responsibilities. The Knicks could also pull up Lamar Peters, who I wrote about from the G League, and I'm a full proponent of it. I actually love the kid. His energy is crazy. He's a little short for the point guard position, but his offense has really just blown my mind. I think he would really be a net positive and a net gain for us. Whether or not that happens, I don't know. There's a lot of G League guys that we have that haven't been brought up yet, which we could use, but I guess the Knicks see otherwise. We'll see how that turns out. But Malik Beasley would be a nice addition. I think it just adds to the backcourt very well. We don't have the greatest backcourt depth to begin with. Granted, I do like Damian Dotson, and he might end up being a walker as well. And Alonzo Trier is probably gone by the end of the year. Frank Nilakina, we're going to hang on to most likely. And he'll be a guy off the bench, though. I think that's the impact he's going to end up having. Because, God willing, Alfred Payton's gone, too. He's sub-30, 20.6% shooting from the three-point line. I, If you could see my face right now, you'd see how irate I am and just how much my blood is boiling. Because Alfred Payton just pisses me off now. And he's another one who freezes out R.J. Barrett. It doesn't work out. R.J. Barrett is the guy that we need to develop. He needs to get focal, be the focal point. So when guys like Randall and Peyton, who played together on the same team last year, are hogging the ball and passing the ball back and forth to each other, it's just a mess. But yeah, essentially getting R.J. the help he needs, uh, which moves me on to my next point, is Larry Markkinen. Larry Markkinen is, I think, seven feet tall, maybe less, whatever the case. He is another tall shooter. He is averaging 16.1 points and 6.3, 7.6 rebounds. I'm sorry, because I just remembered that I misread his stat line before. 
43% from the field, 356 from three, and then about six attempts a game, and 82.4 from the free throw line. Uh, the 35.6 from three in six attempts is really the main thing here. Um, he, he's going to be a good floor spacer if we get him. It, it would have to result in a trade. Uh, I saw a Twitter debate about what we would send. And I'm kind of in the school of thought that we give away the one of the Dallas picks that we got in the Kristaps trade. Because those Dallas picks are either going to have like medium value to no value or not nearly as much value as what we can get from our Clippers pick this year that we get at the end of the first round. And realistically, we could exploit the Clippers pick more this year than we can exploit the Dallas picks in the coming years. Well, actually, maybe not, because there is some belief that the Clippers pick could be useless this year. But I think there's also a lot of thought thoughts going around that we could get a sleeper at the end of the first round that could actually benefit us greatly. And the Knicks have been actually been doing very well in their second round drafting versus their first round drafting in the past few years. RJ Barrett is literally the best pick we've had since Chris Stops. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Frank Nilkeen's not so bad, but Kevin Knox has been getting some flack. He's really the only one. Frank Nil no, Frank Nilkeen gets some flack too. So people just, I guess, are expecting maybe we get all eight round flyer this year. I don't even know how this draft is going to end up being anyway. Draft prospects are probably so messed up because of this pandemic. But anyway, sorry, kind of went off on a tangent here. Larry Markkinen would be a nice ask, asset to get. He's not happy with the Bulls. Jim Boylan is not utilizing him right. And he hasn't really played a full season since he's been drafted, so he's a big injury concern. But, I mean, who isn't at this point? Uh, you know, I think his injuries are actually more like freak injuries than they are consistent concerns. I know he had a uh, pelvic, he had a pelvic issue, I believe, this year. But he also had some elbow thing that was before the season even started, so it kind of lingered in. Nonetheless, he could easily be one of the better power forwards that we get, and he would be a guy that would be useful for us because Mitchell Robinson needs space in the paint. And the more power forwards that are in there clogging the paint, the less likely he is to get open dunks or create some threat for an alley-oop or scare other defenders into trying to guard him. And then next thing you know, R.J. Barrett goes in for a free throw, a uh, dunk, and then gets a free throw. You know, stuff like that. Um, he's basically in the school of Christian Wood and Davis Bertans as far as his position and his value that he brings as a player. And if we could somehow finesse a trade for him, it would be beneficial in my eyes. Uh, whether or not it goes through, I doubt it. Uh, I think the Bulls kind of like Markkinen. And even if they're not using him right, they'll probably find a way to use him right. I, I think it all starts with Jim Boylan, but it doesn't matter. This is about the Knicks. Um, but yeah. So that's basically my the end of my thought process here for the free agent stuff. Some other stuff to talk about because I saw a couple of news pieces. Uh, I know Leon. I saw Leon Rose is interested in bringing Elton Brandon as our GM, and as a background for Elton Brand, he honestly really isn't that good. He was part of the Philadelphia 76ers rebuild, and he got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and all that. I'm pretty sure he was there through all that. But the thing is, he also made a big trade for Tobias Harris that incorporated like a decent amount of assets that he could have otherwise saved. Because they got Tobias Harris, made it to the second round of the playoffs, 
and were close to getting to the West Eastern Conference Finals, but they failed out. And then this year, the Sixers were just struggling immensely during the regular season. They were still in the top of the East, but they weren't performing to their expectations. And that kind of looks bad on their part. So to have Elton Brand come to the Knicks and potentially cause the same mayhem, even though we've already been through a ton of mayhem to begin with, I don't even want to think about it because it's just making my stomach hurt. Uh, so hopefully Ellen Brand ends up staying far, far away. Otherwise, that's my thoughts on the, the Knicks in the past few weeks. I'm glad I could get back to the podcast game. Hopefully I get some ideas in the coming weeks and keep doing it. Uh, go follow Good Problems NYC on Instagram. That's the handle. You can go follow the page for the blog on Facebook at Rambles from the Garden. And Twitter, we are at Robbie Ramble. Get that following up. So that you, hopefully if you know some Knicks fans and they want to read or listen, they can get this content. Thank you very much.